What's up, Magic fans? Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code TBPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. And baseball fans, you may have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is April 29th, and we are just 10 games away from the end of the season. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? Al, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to discuss some Devin Kennedy injuries, coach getting COVID, um, and answer some of the uh, the fan-submitted mail questions. But before we get into that, I'm not sure if you saw this past weekend, but there was a Orlando Center report that came out that Shaquille O'Neal is now putting his house back on the market his 31,000 square foot mansion a 12 bedroom 11 and a half bathroom mansion is being put back on the market does that does information like that interest you at all the fact that Shaquille O'Neal is selling his mansion you know what's interesting about this story is the fact that he had he was he had the house on the market he took it off the market because they weren't able to sell it because they wanted to make the home uh, a little less shacky, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Apparently, he had a he had a bunch of Shaquille O'Neal logos all over the place, and they had to adjust it so that you know they were actually able to sell the house. That to me is, I mean, it's surprising. Number one, that it hasn't sold because I don't know about you, man, but this market right now, the housing market, it's been on fire ever since I don't know, like a year ago. People are moving to Florida left and right from New York and Chicago and anything up north primarily. So I'm surprised that, you know, a millionaire from New York or something hasn't bought the house already. Um, but it makes sense because I've seen pictures and it is very shack like, uh, you know, a lot of logos and things going on. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing he's missing is a Shaquille O'Neal shrine, a shack <laughs> statue. I mean, the house is going for sixteen point five million dollars. So that might be the reason also why the house hasn't sold yet. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen it, and I'm pretty sure it's the same house unless he has multiple mansions. Um, in Orlando, but um, he has a basketball court inside, and the basketball court is um, decked out in Miami Heat swagger. 
which yeah, is that's, ironic. Kind of no sense. I, I get, I get. Maybe if your house is in Miami, you have like the Miamis. I, I get that. But for for a player that started his career in Orlando, uh, for a player that is considered one of the Laker legends, you would imagine that at least, at the very least, if it's not us, is it's the Lakers. You would not. It's it's, a, it's Miami. It's Miami Heat colors and Miami Heat theme. I thought that was Could surprising. It- could it be the colors, you think? The fact that it's red, black, white, it's maybe easier to match with whatever, the furniture, I guess. Um, oh, no, no, because for Laker fans, it's all about the purple and gold. And, true. And, and maybe I'm being biased, but in my opinion, uh, black and blue is a little easier on the eyes than black and red. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. But yeah, I, I find it weird, though, that it hasn't been sold, especially in the area that it's in. You know, it's it's, it's in a good area of Orlando, of course. Um, and it's known for athletes and celebrities to buy these homes left and right in that area. So I'm surprised that it hasn't sold yet. Um, it's been on the market for a while because I do remember at the beginning of the pandemic last year, seeing something about it also from the realtor that was posting uh, for sale the property. So I'm surprised. It's been a year, but... Best of luck to Shaq, man. It's weird though that he's selling it. I, I, I would have wanted him to stay in Orlando, stay kind of local. Um, the kids, I know, lived here for a little while as well. Um, so I don't know. It, it kind of has, uh, I don't know. I, I would like for him to stay in Orlando, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, the house has a movie theater, has a cigar lounge, has a full rec basketball court. I want to say that, that this is the same house that he had. Um, when they did the whole MTV Cribs, I want to say that he did a tour. I can't remember. I think try so. Finding that. I want to say that, but hey, man, best of luck. Sixteen point five million dollars. Good luck. Come on, Ant. Just open the savings. Just buy it, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, actually, man, we need to talk to uh, our our friend Whit because um, I want to. Doesn't he have a statue in the backyard of that home? I think so. I've heard it's either that. I can't remember if it was a Shaquille O'Neal statue or a Superman statue. There's some type of statue in his like backyard that you're able to see from like a lake that's attached to yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's a little that's a little insider. Yeah, that, again, maybe that's what hasn't sold yet. Again, yeah, maybe, maybe. It, too you much check going on. <laughs> you break, you break down that statue first. Break down the statue first. <laughs> All right. So Al, how are we looking on the tank? Man, what a week. So it feels like every week since we started doing this, things are getting better and better, more and more interesting. Um, So currently, the Houston Rockets are in a tier of their own, right? They're the first pick or the best odds right now. That's not going to change. 15 and 47. Surprisingly, though, this past week, the Minnesota Timberwolves have won three games in a row to kind of get in contention. Yes, sir. So it's getting really interesting. Detroit, I think, won two games this past week as well. And the Magic went one and three. So this creates a really, really fun scenario here over the, pe- the next two weeks. Currently, Minnesota, Orlando, and Detroit are in a three-way race for the second best odds in the draft. Um, the third, currently, again, it's, it's Orlando at the moment. But again, Minnesota, Orlando, and Detroit are right there. In the next tier, it's currently Cleveland and OKC. They're currently 21 and 41, currently at fifth. Uh, with the fifth best odds at this moment. So it's going to be interesting. So we got six teams kind of battling here over the next two weeks and, and fighting for that f- seating and the best odds for the draft. But as Magic fans, man, things got really, really interesting over the past two weeks, but especially this past week. What are your thoughts on the race and how you th- how you see things playing out over the next two weeks? Yeah, I called it last um, podcast that we did that I definitely see Minnesota being the team that um, – 
is going to fall out of that top three. Uh, they're playing to win. There was a report from a John K. I, I won't even try to pronounce his last name, but he's a senior writer for the athletic covering the Timberwolves. And he had tweeted this no tanking for the T wolves. Finch says that they have told their core guys there won't be rest days just for the sake of rest days down the stretch. They're prioritizing building chemistry and getting a body of work to really evaluate going into the offseason. So this is a team that they're not going to try to lose just to get a better odds in the lottery. They're going to try to win. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is playing really, really well. Um, so again, they're they're a team that I see falling out, and that's great news for uh, for those in favor of of the tank because that opens up a spot for the Magic to be in the top three. Um, and if Minnesota falls down, you know, in Detroit Detroit's really the team that I'm most worried about because not only are they really really bad, they're they're a bad team, um, but they're also trying to tank. So they're a bad team trying to tank. The issue with us is that we're we're really not all that bad. We have talented players. And if we wanted to win, we really could win. If, you know, all the players are are healthy, we could really mess up the the end of the tank. But um, obviously with injuries and, and how everything's playing out, you know, where this puts us in a way better position. So I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But Minnesota, again, surprisingly, all the guys are kind of getting healthy right now. And they're like, hey, like you said, they're just, they're actually choosing to build towards next year, build that chemistry. Because again, if you think about it, they have a really good roster. They do. Um, Absolutely. They, they just, again, they've been kind of us. They've, they've been kind of like us. They've been hit with unfortunate injuries to their key players. Um, so again, I don't think you can fit another first round, second round pick into that team unless you're trying to go young altogether and kind of say, okay, we can't keep these expensive players, Cad, D'Angelo uh, Russell, and keep building like it doesn't make sense so i get what they're doing detroit i'm shocked they're playing a bunch of vets in their shutting lineup right now they're actually competing i'm surprised because again orlando for the first time since i can remember are legitimately trying to tank like i see the rotations that they're playing right now they're not playing terrence ross mcw Otto potter like james ennis just came back yesterday but you can see an effort to not really try to win games even last night in cleveland i'm not sure if you kind of caught this in the second half when they're when they made their run mm-hmm. the magic didn't bring back the starters right away the magic didn't bring back you know james Ennis right away like they were kind of like all right if things play out the way they do it's okay but then cole anthony kind of took over and, and, and won that game which would have been huge if we would have lost that game but we'll take the win too we, we need to win some games um but it's going to come down man to to whoever just loses more games out of this last 10 games um we play detroit we play Minnesota coming up. So those are two games that if you're a Magic team trying to get into a top 10, you have to lose. I mean, you just have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for these last 10 games to go by really, really fast. Um, oh, yeah. we're, we're all excited to kind of see how the draft lottery really plays out. Um, and it's just so it's so close that anything could go wrong for any of these teams in, in regards to being in a better position for um, for the lottery. So I, I just really hope that, you know, the the magic stay on that course um, and they they put ourselves again in a better position for for the draft. Um, now, with, with that being said, let's take a look at um, the weekend review. So Thursday, we had a game against the Pelicans where we lost 135 to 100, followed by that Sunday, lost 131 to 112 against the Pacers. Monday, tough loss, 114-103 to the Lakers. And then uh, Wednesday's game, uh, 109-104 win with Cleveland. Um, anything that stood out to you watching those games? 
I'm just proud of the way they bounced back after those two kind of ugly losses against the Lakers. I'm not the Lakers, I'm sorry. The Pelicans and the Pacers. Uh, those were two ugly games, man. Like we were down 20 plus pretty much the majority of that, all those games. And then the Lakers, we actually played them really well with Anthony Davis. They actually hung in there. And we got to talk about Jamal Kiki, man. That dunk on over Drummond Andre was, Drummond, man, man. That was such a big boy dunk. That Hey, listen, that caught me by surprise. Like I saw him make that quick move where it was kind of like a, a little jab step, and then he kind of took it with his left hand down the middle, uh, middle of the floor, and then he just rolls on top of him. That was if there's Dude. if there's one thing that you can say about Chumo Kiki is the fact that he has exceeded any expect any expectations that you thought or you were hoping for Chumo Kiki. You got more than that this season. Because I mean, when we when we drafted Chuma and he had that injury and he was out for the whole season and you know he got the clearance to play this year, I got more than what what than what I was expecting. So when I saw that, it was kind of like man, that, like to me that was full circle. Yeah, he's got sneaky athleticism. Like you don't expect him to kind of do what he just did against Drummond, but he has it in him. Um, but for me, it's how polished he is. Again, he mm-hmm. can shoot the ball well. He's now been practicing or kind of playing with this little like uh, backing down smaller defenders and the little fadeaway jump shot. That looks smooth. Off the dribble, he's now kind of getting a little more creative with, with the ball and shooting it and making those shots. So it's kind of like he has a full arsenal on the offensive end. He's kind of showing us little bits and pieces. I just can't wait to see him go through an entire offseason where he actually got NBA experience. He gets to go through training camps and all that kind of good stuff with the team and then come back next season with a better team and see what he looks like. Um, but it's it's been impressive, man. Like you said, he surprised all of us, but I did not know he had that in him. That was a big boy dunk. Like That wasn't like a, a little, oh, I barely dunk on you. That was a dunk over a guy that's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yeah, man. Easily Chuma's best highlight since wearing a Magic uniform. And I, I think the awesome part of, about that moment was when they took him out of the game, uh, they had a camera shot of the bench. And you can see Terrence Ross kind of like looking at him like, bro, what was that? You know, I just had of excitement. The whole team kind of rallied around him. So that that was awesome to see because um, to me, Chuma Kiki comes off as a, as a guy that um, that that needs that that additional confidence. And I, I think that that was a massive confidence booster. Um, Chumo Kiki's a bad boy, man. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, more of that side of Chumo Kiki really soon. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you said, I think that dunk gave him the confidence the rest of the game to, again, he started hitting shots, started getting a little more creative on the offensive end and that carried over to the game in Cleveland. So I think the more he gets kind of that, that um, push from his teammates, the more he does things like this, uh, he's only going to get better and better, more and more confident as the season as the season goes along, and next season especially. Yeah, and you can, you can tell that the, uh, the the Orlando Magic social media team they're they're having a ball with with Chumo Kiki with his uh his his hit single that he has out with some of his dance moves and and just the the whole new young era vibe we got going on. So it's it's been fun. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know what was one thing that surprised me too? The chemistry they have, like, you know, off the court. Uh, you see, if you go to Cole Anthony's Twitter account right now, his header is a Chomo Kiki picture with the uh, with the uh yeah, with the glasses they, on. they like it, man. They, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly. Do you know the origin of the sunglasses? I missed that completely. It it just kind of happened out of nowhere. I guess it's a picture that he took in college. I think when they when they is? made it to the final four, I think, or something like that. Um 
and from there, the magic are kind of running with it, but then it's now being applied to other players in the team as well. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, there's, there's got to be something behind that that we don't know. Man, so social media team for the Lando Magic, they've been, uh, they've been getting better. That's for sure. They are. All right. So let, let's get into some some of the juice. So um, first and foremost, Coach Clifford tested positive for COVID-19 uh, with the return date unknown. Um, so apparently uh, Coach Clifford had already at least one vaccine, and he says that he hasn't been feeling any of the symptoms, that he's he's doing well. But, um, you know, it's going to be missing a, a few games before he was able to to, to coach the team and uh, coach assistant coach Ty Corbin has been filling in. Uh, what were your thoughts on when you first heard that, you know, coach Clifford w- wouldn't be coming to coach the team because of COVID? Man. So at first it was concerning, right? You, you think about his age, number one, like he's, he's an older person. So you think about, Hey, number one, I hope he's okay. That's the first thing that came to mind to me. But then also just, hey, how does this impact the Magic here to close out the season? Because the first thing is he's the coach. He's the guy that's there in practice with them. He's the one coaching these guys every single day. So does that mean that now the whole team's got to go on quarantine or something like that? Um, so for a second, I worried about what does that mean to the season? But from a personal standpoint, it was more about how is he doing personally? And then the reports came out pretty quickly that he was feeling well, that he had the vaccine. Um, so that put me more at peace. Um it's unfortunate, though, that it's happening at this point of the season because now he's kind of developing all these young guys and kind of building chemistry to for next season. Um, but again, the most important thing for me right now is his health and he's doing well. And that's the most important thing, I think, out of all. Yeah, because uh, initially when we first hired him, um, we had already knew that there was some type of health issues. Um, and you're right, you know, with, with the age and how that's impacted, how COVID has impacted people within that age group. Um, hasn't hasn't been great. So the fact that he's he's doing well, he feels okay, doesn't feel any symptoms, and um, they have to they obviously have to go through their health and safety protocols. But um, I, I can only imagine how like if you're the head coach of the Orlando Magic and you go through this and you have your assistant that's that's kind of watching over the team and you're watching the game from home. I can only imagine like how that must feel for a coach to, to be at home and literally not be able to do anything. He wasn't able to travel with the team, can't go to practice. What's the communication like? Um, so I, I hope he's in good spirits. And in, in my mindset, the way that I see it is, coach, relax, take your time, get better. Let's make sure that we, we get to the point that, you know, this doesn't get worse, that you are able to test negative on those results and get you to come back. But there's absolutely no rush. You sit back, you relax, take care of you, and then join us whenever you're ready. Yeah. And and the surprising thing to me is that there's really no date announced as to when he's coming back. You know, it hasn't been said whether it's a week more, two weeks more, the rest of the season. Um, so that's going to be surprising to me because normally with players, you kind of know. It's gonna, they're going to be out for the next 14 days, whatever it is. Um, so... I think we see him before the end of the season, but that to me kind of come by surprise that the Magic did not announce or the NBA didn't announce when he's going to be cleared to come back. Yeah, I mean, and if he doesn't, it's okay. It's okay. There's only 10 games left. What's the rush? There's no rush. And uh, Ty Corbin, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a head coach before. He has the experience. He's uh, coached teams, the Spurs, Cavs. So he's, he's coached a, a good amount of, of teams previously. So he's doing all right. You guys yeah, first, let me ask you guys first one with Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. Hey, let me ask you this. Any differences that you see since he took over as the kind of replacement coach here? Anything you've seen the team that's different? I got one thing that I've noticed, but I want to see what you 
your thoughts are first. Uh, I think that's the that's the thing that's kind of uh, awesome. When when you select your assistant coach, you would want someone to to be able to embody um, your same philosophies and and um, what your game plans are. You would hope that they would still follow suit um, because it's not it's not as if he's the the interim coach and coach Clifford got fired and he's kind of just, you know, doing his own thing to prove a point, you know, he's just trying to keep the boat afloat until coach Clifford came back. Uh, what was it that you specifically saw? For me, the pace, I don't know if you've noticed this with the team, but I feel like there's more of a urgency to push the ball ever since Clifford kind of went away from the team. Um, especially with the young guys, like you see Chuma, you see Cole, you see RJ Hampton, they're grabbing that that rebound or that initial pass, and they're going. That's that's I because think, I think they that's got different. They got the substitute teacher in there. You're able to do a little bit more. You're able to risk <laughs> a little bit more uh, because the the teacher isn't there with the ruler to make sure that you're not breaking the rules. So I I would imagine that um, that I can definitely see the the there's there's more risk being taken. Oh yeah, for sure. Even I mean, you could see it last night against Cleveland, like that, that turnover frenzy in the fourth quarter. That wouldn't happen on the coach. Nah. Clifford. He would have put in there the vets right away to kind of organize things. But again, I like the fact that Magic are kind of letting the young guys figure it out. This is the perfect time to do it. So I like it. Yeah. And uh, it, it was also good to see that Mo Bamba had some really nice words um, <clears throat> because the, the assumption was that there there's some type of strain between, you know, Coach Clifford and, and Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba had said um, during a press conference that, you know, he reached out to Coach Clifford afterwards and, you know, told him that if, if you need anything, just let me know and I'll, I'll deliver it to you. So, you know, that, that was nice to see coming out of Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is like, Mobama deserves uh, teammate of the year. We'll discuss more in a few minutes, but he's he's been going out of the way to to really be there for for his team. Yeah, man. I think, uh, and again, it's going to link perfectly with our next topic here. But yeah, I think one thing that came out this week is how good of a person Mobamba is. Forget about the court stuff and what he does on the court as a human being. I think the Magic are big on that. They always talk about that. It's not only the player and what they can do on the court, but who they are as an individual. And one thing that cannot be denied at any point, is who Mobamba is off the court. Um, again, we just kind of saw it firsthand and witnessed it ourselves uh, with real-life scenarios, whether it's Devin Kennedy, which is our, net, our next topic here, or with a, a head coach. That leads us to our next topic. So uh, Devin Kennedy. So um, he's obviously out for the rest of the season due to an open right ankle dislocation. Um, but the great news is that, is that he's expected to make a full recovery. So if you didn't watch the game, I'm pretty sure that you saw the highlight of it. Um, but during the Pacers game, he had a really, really gruesome injury where um, he was running back, playing defense, and he just kind of landed really, really awkward and, and bad. And the minute that he hit the floor, um, you can hear the the screaming and the yelling um, through the TV speakers. And um, you you feel for it because Devin Kennedy was a player that went undrafted, G League uh, Finals MVP, uh, got the two-way contract with the Orlando Magic, has an opportunity to really, really play in, and he was playing really, really well. And to see the injury happen in the way that it did was really, really disappointing. And I, I can only imagine the type of feelings that – he must have been going through during that time. But the number one thing that stood out for me is that the minute that it happened, you can see blood on the floor. You can see that he was in a lot of pain. Um, Mo Bamba instantly took off the shirt off his, his, the jersey off his back and pulled it over on top of uh, the injury. And the fact that he did that really goes to show how good of a teammate Mo Bamba is. And when they asked him about it, 
um, his response was, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even give it any thought. I, I did it immediately because I, I didn't want him to see the injury. And I thought that speaks volume of the type of character. And regardless of how you feel about Mobamba, basketball to um, basketball off the side, just him as an individual um, was, was really, really nice to see how he supported a, a player like Devin Kennedy. Yeah, man. And I, I was actually at this game. I haven't been going to the games recently, but this is one that I actually went to. And the moment he checked in, my wife has not been exposed to Devin Kennedy. She has no idea who he is. So she's like, oh, who's this guy? Is another new guy. So I told her the whole background. Oh, man, it's a shooter, which you've never had. And we've been talking about it on the podcast. Like, he reminds me of Seth Curry and all this stuff. She's like, oh, it looks like him. Literally, like, two seconds later, bam, he went down. It happened so quick. Like, he checked in, and literally, like, 30 seconds later, he was on the floor. But like you mentioned, even at the arena, we had like upper level seats for this game. You could hear it clearly. And unfortunately for me, brought back the memories of of Markel Fultz. It was a similar situation where it kind of happened. You could hear it over the entire arena. Um, But like you said, you feel bad for this guy, man, because he worked so hard to to get to where he is today. G League, G League MVP, and now getting to a point where he's finally playing minutes. And he had his career high the, the night before this or two games, two days before this. Um, but again, that's the NBA, man. Unfortunately, uh, things like this happen. The best news came though, a day later when they told us all that his injury was not as bad as it seemed. Nothing uh, got fractured. The bones were intact. The ligaments were intact. So the expectation is for Devin Kennedy to become, uh, fully healthy again and recover from this, um, pretty quickly. Apparently, um, I did some research myself and apparently four months. It's what it takes to recover from this type of injury. So you could basically have him back by training camp, which is amazing with how it looked to what the actual news came out to be the following day. Um, and he's been in high spirits. So that has been great to see. Yeah, the, he posted on social media earlier today that um, he was finally out of the hospital. Um, successful surgery. Again, he's going to be able to, to make a full recovery. So that's really exciting to hear. Um, and the fact is, at the end of the season, um, you know, it, it allows him to be able to have the appropriate time to be able to now go through the recovery process. And um, there was there was uh, after the injury happened, um, they posted uh, something else on social media showing, you know, their all, all the young players FaceTiming and just checking in yes. on, on Devin Kennedy. So that was that was really fun to see. Really nice to see. Um, because it, it goes to show how the chemistry is with the team. And you can really tell that these players like being around one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that was great to see. You see most of the young guys, I think the only one that was missing was Markel. Uh, but everyone else was there with him, kind of showing him support, showing him some love. Um, and for us, from a fan perspective, I just hope the Magic, they sign him for this season, two-way contract, but he has a non-guaranteed two-way contract for next season. I kind of hope they honor that and they give him a shot again next season to at least come back to training camp, show him what, what they got. And then, yeah, have him go to Lakeland, recover, and hopefully towards the end of next season, be back with the team again. Because, again, one thing he can do is shoot the ball. He kind of showed that to us when he was able to play. And you can never have enough shooters in today's NBA. So, number one, get healthy. Number two, I hope the team gets him a shot at coming back and earning that spot that he worked so hard for. Uh, with a team. Yeah, there can't be another team, um, especially this season, that has gone through more injury trauma than the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic has been averaging um, this season a minimum of five players missing games due to injury this whole entire season. It's insane. 
it's it's wild the amount of injuries that this team has had to fight through and and kind of see and i i it's gotten to a point where it's it's gotten frustrated as a fan because it feels as if i watch every game that i watch i fear one of the players getting hurt and yeah. um and, and we can kind of transition now into you know Chomo Kiki who just sprained his ankle in Wednesday's game um, it, it was a, there's no timetable for his return, but it didn't look like it's any serious, but it's at the point like, man, get this dude out. He stop, stop playing him. Don't play him anymore. You know, let's, yep. let's end the season. Uh, we we've, the fact that we've gone through this whole entire season and he, because my fear with, with Chumo Kiki was that he would, you know, re injure or have a major injury. And then we lose him for another season when just when we're getting Jonathan Isaac back. Um, so, I've I've been reading a lot of things on social media of people blaming um, uh, the Orlando Magic staffing um, and the Orlando Magic team for for how they're they're supporting the injuries and and their strength and conditioning team. Who do you blame? Do you blame the strength and conditioning team for the Orlando Magic, or would you put more of that blame towards the the NBA and and the condensed schedule that we have? I mean, I guess you could say it's a mix of both, right? Because we've never had a season like this either. And it's not only the Magic. Other teams are suffering some some major injuries, especially now towards the end of the season. Um, but I got to say also, these injuries have been freak injuries. If you think about Markel and J.I., they didn't get hurt running up and down the court. and They just fell. And then that's it. They, they, they tore their ACL. They were making these cuts to go to the basket, which they are dangerous moves. These little Euro steps, which today's NBA players love that move. But in reality, though, it's a dangerous move for that same reason. You can tear your knee in, in a simple move. So, Okiki yesterday, it didn't happen. Again, same thing, running up and on the court, he just got hurt. It happened. He was fighting for a ball and just unfortunately stepped on a player's ankle. Um, so, the more Devin Kennedy, same thing. He went for a rebound, landed on a guy's foot, and the rest is history. So, I think when you look at the injuries that the Magic have had, I don't think they are things you can prevent, even if you train these guys in the best way possible. They have been freak injuries, unfortunately. That's the best way I can explain it. Now, as a front office, as the coaching staff, do you have to look at your strength and training team this offseason and kind of wonder what's going on? Probably. And can you make some changes? I will look into that. But I wouldn't place a blame solely on them. Some of these things have been completely just misfortunes at this point. Yeah, I would agree that uh, a lot of it has to do with freak accidents, but I put a primarily amount of the blame towards the NBA. This this whole condensed schedule and playing over 70 games is extremely, extremely dangerous. If you take a look at all the players in the NBA, and just not just focusing on the Magic, just NBA collectively, um, there's been so many players that have are out for the season with really serious injuries or or minor injuries, and just it seems as if every day, every night, there's a player throughout the NBA that's getting hurt. And what makes it really, really difficult is the fact that you know it's it, these are professional players, and they're they're playing, they're out there, they're playing hard, they're running fast, they're hitting hard, um, and it's it's dangerous out there. The way that these players play at full speed is dangerous out there, um, and you just hope and pray that. Um, you know, Devin Kennedy is able to to really truly come back hundred percent. You're 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 praying that Chumo Kiki his his ankle really doesn't impact anything else. Um and and hopefully, you know, we go into next season with with a 
way healthier team. Oh yeah, but let me ask you this. Now again, we know we're tanking. We know we want to to lose as much as possible of these final 10 games. With Chuma Okiki, what would you do? Do you bring him back and with three games left of the season just to kind of get him more reps? No, you put him, you say, no put him on ice. That's it. I, I said this earlier today. You did an amazing job. The season was great. You played well. You exceeded my expectations, but that's it. You did enough. Consider your season done. We don't want anything else to happen because if I am not able to see what a Mark, what a Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, and Chumo Kiki lineup looks like, I swear to you, I will run around this house screaming my eyes out because it, they are the future of this team. They are the future of this franchise, and we're not even talking about what we're gonna do in the draft. It, you're, the excitement is there to be able to see these players together and um you want to protect that at at all costs and a part of a lot of that has to do with the fact that the magic made that decision to draft a player that you know is is was impacted by injuries mm -hmm. uh, a player like jonathan isaac that is prone to those injuries uh, markel Fultz, we traded him while he had a we traded for him while he had a major shoulder injury all of our players have so many different um, issues with injury, and we took that risk. Um, and the last thing you want to do is jeopardize that. So for even if it's something minor, a little ankle sprain, whatever the case may be, uh, ankle an ankle sprain isn't a joke. Uh, it's It holds a lot of your body weight, especially at, again, the level that they're playing at the professional level. You don't want to risk it. Sit back, relax, end of the season healed up 150% and then um, start working in the offseason to get better and and get back. I agree. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page on that because uh, I think that's the right move to make for the Magic. Again, you don't want to... I get it. He was playing really well. The development that he's getting right now, you can put a price on that. But the reality is, though, next season is more important. So if I was the Magic front office right now, I would tell him, hey, listen, thank you so much for everything. Your offseason starts right now. So let's get that ankle feeling better. Let's start weightlifting. Let's start eating more. Let's get you built up for next season. That's what, again, it should be all about at this point. It's two weeks left in the season. Why risk anything else? Absolutely. So um, with that, so we we were able to see James Ennis return back to the lineup. Uh, Terrence Ross, MCW, and um, Otto Porter Jr., obviously they remain out. Um, and then the Magic decided to make uh, an additional move. So the Magic did waive uh, Robert Franks, and they signed Mo Wagner for the remainder of the season. Um, you had mentioned a little earlier to me off air that um, that you were at least familiar familiar with Mo Wagner. For the listeners that have no idea who he is, what he's able to bring, uh, what what could you tell them about Mo Wagner? So coming out of college, he he wasn't going to be a top pick in the draft because again, he just he's not athletic enough. Not he doesn't move laterally well enough. But he's a guy that can shoot the ball, can rebound pretty well, and he played really well in college. Um, the Lakers took him late in the first round of the 2018 draft. So when you think about that right now, the Magic have Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, and now Mo Wagner, three centers from the same draft class in, in this team, uh, kind of fighting for minutes and kind of getting minutes right now down the stretch. Um, but he's a guy that you can expect to play hard. That's one thing he did really well with the Wizards. He can take charges really well. I think he led the Wizards, I, heard, I read somewhere, in charges taken. Um, and again, he can take open threes and hit them. Um, I think a reason why this move happened is rebounding. One thing that we've noticed is when Mo Bamba is on the court, unfortunately, the team gets out rebounded pretty, pretty badly. 
Um, and one thing that Franks, unfortunately, he played really well. He shot the ball really well, but he's undersized to be a power forward. So the Magic were, get, were truly getting killed on the glass when they had that combination of Robert Franks and Mo Bamba together off the bench. Um, so I think that's what this was all about. Um, and not for nothing, Mo Bamba is more of a stretch four, if you ask me, than a, than a real center when he's out there. Um, so I think you'll see Mo Wagner more be in the post, Bamba be that guy that stretches out the floor a little bit. Uh, but it's a strange move. I know he was cut by the Celtics recently. Um, more than that, I can't tell you, but it was just a strange move because I felt like Robert Franks had been playing well. He but again, was, from a rebounding perspective, well yeah. But from a rebounding and defense perspective, it, it makes sense. Yeah, and um, I, <clears throat> I have a couple of friends that are Laker fans. Why would anyone be friends with Laker fans? I get it. <laughs> but uh, they they spoke highly of Mo Wagner. Um, and he's he's a six foot eleven power forward slash center. Um, you it, it's funny because we started the season with having way too many forwards, and now there's there's not enough of that. So um I'm excited to see what he's able to bring. You at least give him a, a shot to be able to see what you have in him, and then you're able to decide at the end of the season if you want to bring him back or or kind of go a different direction. So yeah, you never know. These guys are all fighting for two-way contracts, and, and maybe if they're lucky. A, you know, bottom of the roster spot there, a 15 roster spot or something for next season. Um, but that that's about it at this point. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to get into some um, uh, mailbag questions that you guys submitted through the Orlando Magic HQ Instagram page, um, as well as the Ozone Podcast on Instagram. And the very first one is going to come down from uh, Joshua Richard 19 underscore, where he asked, if it came down to Suggs or Kuminga, who should we take? So this, this one, this one's interesting because this is you're you're looking at them primarily um, positionally, right? You have Suggs as a guard, Kuminga more of a forward, um, and between the two, uh, Kuminga has the experience of they because they went completely different routes. Kuminga went to the G League Ignite, decided to forego college, um, and and play professional basketball. Um, semi-professional basketball, and then you have Suggs that, you know, he had this really, really stellar run um, in the NCAA Final Four, uh, making it all the way to the finals uh, with Gonzaga. So uh, if you're taking a look at two of them, um, who would you prefer? Who do you think the Magic would then decide to to draft? Man, that's, because, that's a tough one. Because what what how you're going to make this decision is when you're looking at the top five in this draft, um, and no, and obviously this can go in different orders, but we're looking at Kay Cunningham one. You're looking at possibly Mobley two. You're looking at uh, three green, four maybe, and four and five is interchangeable between Suggs and, yep. and Kuminga. So if the Magic get the fourth pick in the NBA draft, you're you're going to make this decision. You're going to have to decide because it's not definitive. You can't definitively say that Kaminga is going to be number four or Suggs is going yeah. to be number four. At that point, you have to decide. And they're interchangeable. Who is the player that you would decide to go with? I mean, if you had the... F- Let's just go to answer this question. I, I think Jalen Green could be in that mix also of three to five. I think at that point it becomes who's a better fit for any of those teams, whoever ends up with three and four, what do they need the most? Is it a point guard? Is it a, a guy that can play defense and kind of shoot a three from a magic perspective? Let's assume here, the magic have the fourth pick in the draft and you have these two guys available. I personally would take Kuminga in that situation. 
even though I like Suggs, he he's proven to be a baller. He he did amazing things in college and the NCAA tournament. He did amazing things. But for the Magic, Kuminga, it's not only a solid prospect, but also fits a need at this particular moment for the team. It's a guy that can play the three, can play the four. So when you add him to that rotation of J.I., Chuma, and now him, that's a lot of potential in those three guys playing that small four and power four position. The point guard spot, now you would have Cole Anthony fighting for minutes. You would have Markel Fultz, R.J. Hampton, even though he's kind of being developed into a two or three. So I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of minutes taken already in the point guard position. And he doesn't have the size to really be like a three in the NBA. Uh, Sucks, I'm talking about. So if you ask me, that would be my pick, Kuminga. Yeah, between the two, I would go with Suggs. Um, and and it's it's really because I'm too invested in in Chumo Kiki and Jonathan Isaac that I really don't care to see what I have in Kuminga. So I, I would want to see Suggs because um, Markel Fultz, it, the question that's always asked, is he the future point guard of the Orlando Magic? You know, he signed the contract extension, but that's only for three years. So is he going to be that player? I want him to. I think I like him on the roster, obviously. I think that he's great. He's he's able to make everyone better. But why not add another guard to really see? See what you have. See who's the best one out of them. Markel Foles, Cole Anthony Suggs. I don't know. It's it's hard because between those two positions, um, we're kind of already have a a solid um, a, a solid players to to fit in those roles. Um, I think that we need to make our lives just completely easy. And if we aren't able to get Cade, um, then we just need to focus our sights on Green, and then everyone's happy. I'm especially personally extremely happy. Yeah, I think that that's that's the right move. And that's when you got to consider maybe packaging a couple of picks or trading something else to make that work. Because every other guy in that top five, like you mentioned, we have guys that are kind of playing in those roles that need minutes. Imagine this. So you draft Suggs. He's a fourth pick in the draft. You got to play him, right? You got to give him minutes off the bat. Like you cannot bench this guy and tell him, you know, just be a 10th guy off the bench. Doesn't happen. So then how do you handle that? Yeah, Markel may be back not until late December, let's say. So he may have some action early on. But then once you have Markel back, call Anthony. Again, if RJ Hampton's still here, which I think he will, that's uh, Gary Harris still here. That's a lot of guard minutes already kind of taken. So how, kind of how do you make that happen? That's where a guy like Jalen Green, Cade, would fix everything because they, they naturally fit into what we're doing. And you don't have to fight for minutes with all the other young guys that we have in our roster. Um, but I mean, I agree with you. You got to take the best player available. That's the reality. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being greedy. Uh, I will be super happy with being within the top five. We really, really want to be in that top three. Oh yeah. You want to, sure. you want to be, you want to be able to make those decisions yourself and not be kind of forced with um, the fourth pick in the draft. And then you have to decide between you know, the two of them. And, and you're right. Maybe, maybe Suggs, like if the Magic do have fourth, maybe Suggs get picked up third. And then now you're choosing between Kuminga and, and Green. Then at that point, it's a, a super easy decision. You yes. know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen crazier awesome. things. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that would be the perfect world. But the perfect world would really be getting the first pick in the draft. And then we choose who we want to pick with our first pick. Like, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this next one comes from Hugo underscore MG15, where he asks, who are we keeping and who are we not keeping? So the the thought behind this, I would imagine what he's trying to ask is um, you're adding an additional young player to the roster. And again, if you're adding a guard, you're adding a guard to the rotation that you already have RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, or if you're getting more of a forward, then that four, or let's say that it's Mobley, you're adding Mobley to a team that already has Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. If it's a forward like Kuminga, you already have Jonathan Isaac, Chumo Kiki. Who would be the odd man now? So that's a tough one to answer right now because we don't have the answers, right? Like if at least we knew what pick we had, I could kind of give you some ideas of what I think is going to happen and who we're going to keep in that. But if I had to just throw a wild guess out there, I think we talked about this two episodes ago. Um, one of the guys I don't think is coming back is either Gary Harris or Terrence Ross. One one of the two has to be gone this offseason. Why Again, why are you back. so why are you trying to get rid of Terrence Ross so bad? This I don't, is the I don't second this is the second episode that you you're trying to get rid of Terrence Ross. I don't want to. I remember he's one of my favorite players on the team right now. But just from a logistics standpoint, again, talking about minutes available to the young guys, you couldn't really have T. Ross and Gary Harris and the rest of the guys that we have already and kind of make up make it work. You gotta either choose T. Ross or Gary Harris at that point. Um, does Gary Harris want to go through a rebuild? Does he want to be here next season? We don't know. We, we got to see what the, the front office talks to him about over the next few weeks. Because if he says, hey, I want to go and win some games. I don't want to you know, rebuild and go through all this. He's an expiring contract. So do you package him and maybe that Bulls pick for something that can get you maybe either higher in the draft or an asset that you like better? That would be an option. Um, but I don't know. I think the front office will like him. He's younger than T. Ross. He can play defense. I don't know. But in my opinion, one of those two guys will not be in a Magic uniform next season just from a simple fact that there will be enough minutes to give to the wing players. Yeah. I So Gary Harris, I, I can definitely see a player like Gary Harris being moved because he's – so what, what brings so much value to Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, and the only way that I see these players being moved is, again, if we're packaging these players to be able to move up in the draft. Other than that, they're solid vets that they mm-hmm. they bring shooting. You need shooting, and that shooting is an area of opportunity that we've had for how long now? Um, yeah. I I'm still uh, the believer that Terrence Ross deserves a lifetime contract with the Orlando Magic. I would hate for I would hate to see him leave. Um, at the same time, you you brought up a really good point. Does he does he want to stay? Does Gary Harris want to stay? Do they want to go through the the bumps and bruises of a a rebuild? Terrence Ross isn't getting younger. Gary Harris isn't getting younger. They're in their prime. And these are players that can really, really help um, a team that's competing to go deep into the draft. Um, and do they waste that their prime years um, on a team that, you know, they're they're going to put their focus on um, these young players to get them developed. So uh, they, they may be, you're right, they may be the odd man out. Um, but the the magic could also decide on how many players are they really going to develop. Um, And I think that that's an easy question. You develop all of them. That's why you have a development team. That's why you have uh, the, the amount of coaches that you have. That's why you have the, the support system that they have. And again, it's going to be a competition to see um, what you have during a rebuild, 
who you're able to develop, who develops faster than others. And then, um, you know, you're, you're able to, to monitor and, and see the progression that actually happens on the court. You know, if we're, if we're looking at for pairing the one player, in my opinion, that has developed the most has been Chumo Kiki. We compare yeah. what, what we saw the very first couple games and we went from a player that was extremely timid, uh, really nervous um, in the beginning to now dunking on Andre Drummond in the middle of a game. So you see what you have. I agree. And, and so let me ask you this as a follow-up question. So if you had to choose Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, who do you bring back? I'm bringing back Terrence Ross. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. You gotta choose, and he's a little taller too. So if, if you can add that as a guy that can play the small forward position, because I think, again, that's the point guard and shooting guards where we have a lot of talent kind of building up. Um, I think Ross fits better as a guy that can play the three off the bench and be a six man playing three off the bench rather than a Gary Harris, who you would think would want to start at the shooting guard position. Yeah, he can't can't get rid of the human torch unless unless he wants to leave. I think that if he wanted to leave, then by all means, you know, you accommodate those wishes. Um, but if he's willing to stay, we're willing to keep him. Keep it that way. Don't forget, he just bought a house in Orlando, brand new house in Orlando. So what yeah. does that all mean? They, you know, they, listen, they, they, that, that's the thing is that when players come to Orlando, they like Orlando and they end up staying in Orlando long term. We just need to get them to stay in Orlando on the roster and not just exactly and not just uh, keep their $31 million mansion in wherever in Orlando and, and decide to like not play for us. That type of thing. Exactly. All right. So, so this next question comes from BS Vulture. Do you see the Magic taking a shot at any big free agents this offseason? Maybe a player like DeMar DeRozan. Uh, no. This is not a year. Um, ask me that question again in 12 months, and that may be a different answer altogether because we'll have the money. We'll have now a better idea of what our financials will look like, what the young guys will look like after a whole year, hopefully playing together and healthy. Um, but this offseason, I think the big focus will be adding some vets and fairly team-friendly contracts and adding, again, the young guys via the draft and keep building the, the young roster that we have. Um, we may add a, a guy again, maybe Otto Porter comes back. That, that's a vet that I can see us kind of bringing back if he's willing to sign for a team-friendly contract. Um, but other than that, I don't see much. I think, again, our focus will be on adding some shooting for the first time ever. I think we'll, we will see some shooting being added to the team. And it will be more, again, end-of-the-bench kind of vets that can help these young guys become a team and kind of help us uh, in that way. That's just my my take on this. Yeah, I'm taking a look at uh, the free agent class for next season um you can take a look at a player like zach levine but does he really fit the timeline that you have with the players that you have um you can take a look at players like michael porter who's going to be a restricted free agent but you already know that that's not denver's not letting that go um maybe you can look at a player like colin sexton but again you're taking a look at your roster and for the amount of money that you would have to pay a player like colin sexton because he has been playing really really well with cleveland you're better off you know, kind of focusing on again your development, the upside of the players that you have. Um, uh, other than that, I really don't see any other option. So when you're looking at free agents, you're you're going to look at veterans that would fit the role of 
of that development piece to really support the young players there. Vets are really, really important to a young roster. And I am 100%, 100% okay with bringing back the vets that we have while we go through the uh, the development stage of our rebuild. Yeah. I mean, think about a, f- a few years back when we signed uh, Aaron Aflalo, we signed most Spades. I cannot think of moves like that that are going to be team-friendly and not, not expensive because, again, we're trying to keep cap space because don't forget, we got to resign either Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba the next offseason to, to a decent contract. Do you got to sign both? I don't know. Well, the whole thing's going to work out, but that's a lot of money going to be spent there. And then you may have one max contract available to maybe go after a big-time player that can help us, hopefully. Uh, but again, that to me is the following season. Uh, I think this year is all about just making the pieces work, adding some more shooting, and hopefully some vets. Um, I mean, a guy like, I don't know, who's a good guy out there that, that comes to mind? J.J. Redick, maybe? I don't think he's going to be asking for a ton of money. He liked Orlando. And it's a guy that can just come in and not really play a lot, but just serve as a leader on the on the bench. A guy that can kind of coach his team into what leadership should be like. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for submitting those questions. If you submitted a question um, and it didn't get selected, just definitely be on the be on the lookout. We're we're gonna start adding these uh, mailback questions in every single one of our episodes, so you'll start to see them. We'll be posting them a day before we record our podcast um, on on uh when is it wednesday wednesday afternoons that we're doing it yeah so be on the lookout for that and then this week ahead we got friday against memphis um and back to back against memphis so friday memphis saturday memphis monday at detroit that's going to be a really really big game um that everyone is is will be watching and i can only imagine who everyone will be rooting for the magic are tied in that in that series against detroit we're one and one so the winner or loser of this game would take that series and then wednesday versus boston where we see the return of evan fournier man i know justin if he's listening to this i know he'll be probably at emily for that game (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised evan revenge game (laughs) Um, Evan's man, gonna go. Week, Evan's gonna go for forty-five. Yeah, no. Have you seen his stats with Boston, man? Poor guy. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, this week ahead for the Magic, you gotta hope. You really gotta hope for zero and four week. You really gotta hope for that. I think not having Chuma is gonna help big time. I don't think Terrence Ross will play tomorrow or Saturday, so I think that will help the tank also. But that game on Monday, man, that's a key key game. Um, if you're the Magic front office. Help out Clifford here. Don't make it easy on him. Just yourself, call the NBA and say, hey, listen, we're going to sit everyone you can sit that can make us win that game. Just give him a day off on Monday. Nobody likes to work on a Monday. Perfect day to give him a day off and just lose that game against Detroit because that's a big one. Absolutely. So it's going to be fun to watch because these next four games is going to give us a a better layout of um, how this draft lottery is going to shake up. We want to try to get as much distance away from Detroit and OKC as much as possible. And these next four games is a really, really great way of doing that. And then let's uh, let's wrap this up. And final thoughts. Final thoughts. And I think I've said it the last few episodes. Keep an eye on OKC, man. That team. I keep saying it. They just don't care about winning. I'm surprised they won one the other night against Boston. But I think that's it. I don't think they don't win any more games. So as a Magic team, we got to hope that we lose a lot of these final games because they scare me. 
That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, and then for for me, I'm I'm pretty sure that you saw it because it did go um a little vi- a little viral, but uh, um after yesterday's game, uh, Coy Anthony was was um being asked questions about the interview, his post game interview from Dante Marcatelli, and uh, they were asking questions in, in regards to his level of play, and he responded, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not going to lie, the first three quarters, um, you know, I. Uh, I don't, I'm probably going to get fined for saying this, but it's, you know, it's, I play like BS or play like bullshit. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was, it was funny because one, he's, he's a rookie. The way that he said it was more like uh, he censored himself, mentioned that he possibly could get fined and then decided (laughs) to uncensor himself and still say bullshit. And then Dante Marcatelli ended up apologizing on his behalf. Um, And it's just a reminder that, uh, you know, this is this is new era of Orlando Magic basketball, and uh, the Orlando Magic have always been uh, character first. And Cole Anthony has an amazing character. Um, I don't need to tell you that, but it, it's 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 nice to see the the realistic, different light of it. And what what impressed me the most is the facts is the fact that ba- um, Bally Sports they ended up reposting that that interview and without censoring it either. So yep. um it, it was fun to see the the, the real players and, and the real comments and Cole Anthony during his interviews it's it's always fun to watch. Like that dude is always saying something wild. Oh man you you gotta stick around after the game. If he had a good game and you know he's gonna be interviewed you gotta stick around because something crazy is gonna come out. But I love it. Again it just shows who he really is. He's not afraid of sharing who he is. And you gotta love that. Um, it's just not very Orlando Magic like, as we it's, know. We're is is not. It's not <laughs> at it's, all. It's funny because um, when the interview happened, my wife was like walking by. She was doing she was doing laundry and she had a basket and she heard it. She's like, "What? Did he just say that on TV?" As an Orlando Magic player wearing Disney on his chest, I'm like, "Yes, he did." new era of magic basketball baby and we love it (laughs) (laughs) all right man that's a wrap thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next week thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans follow us on twitter and instagram at the ozone pod and remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.